Warning! The Dub Talk Podcast contains strong language and content that might be unsuitable for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, please be aware that there may be spoilers for any and all anime to occur, including but not limited to Hinomaru Sumo. Please take this into consideration if there are any series that you have yet to finish. And finally, please remember that the opinions shared in this video belong only to those of the individual participants and do not reflect those of the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. That having been said, hello, I'm your host, Hardy Cosell, and welcome aboard to the wide world of sumo. We've got a ton of great matches ready for you tonight, so sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's tournament of tumultuous titans, as man versus man break both odds and physical limitations in order to prove once and for all who is the superior opponent in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, adult and child alike, please join in with me as we dive headfirst into the dub for Hinomaru Sumo. Say it with me, everyone. Spirit! Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast where a bunch of sumo wrestlers in training get together, push each other around, grapple each other, and maybe if we're not too tired afterwards, maybe talk about the latest and greatest in English anime dubs. I'm your host for this evening, Spaceman Hardy, and tonight, at long last, we are finally here to talk about one of the shows we've been meaning to get to around, get around to for some time, Hinomaru Sumo. Originally intended to be a half-season review episode for the fall 2018 season, we have overcome multiple setbacks and delays and are now ready to charge head-on into the ring to take this show to the ground. Joining me tonight are my fellow national treasures, Yokozuna Roots, Sekitori Lack, and club manager Gigi. Look, I'm just here for the boys with no pants. <laughs> You'll never out-eat my buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, we, Gigi found out we were talking about a show about muscle-bound shirtless men, and she's basically just had to, had to join us, so. Look, I, I'm here to represent all my girls, because you know who sports anime is really for. Right. <laughs> Fujoshi. Well, you know what's funny, Hardy? You and I share a love of manly anime. We've made that very clear. Oh, but yes. Watching this, I did not realize how much Fist of the North Star vibes I was getting going to get from this. No, Holy really. Crap, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like calling out the name of their attacks and all the, the freeze frame right before they hit the ground. It's yeah. like, yeah, very, very Shonen-esque. So anyways, before you ask, what is Hinomaru Sumo about? First, we need to dive a little bit into the history of sumo itself. While it is a very complicated sport with centuries of dedicated rules, tradition, and regulations, the too-long-didn't-read version is basically this. Sumo is a form of competitive, full-contact wrestling, where a rikishi, or wrestler, attempts to force his opponent out of the circular ring, or doyo, or into touching the ground with any body part other than the soles of his feet, usually by throwing, shoving, or pushing him down. Said wrestlers typically wear garments known as mawashi belts, which resemble loincloths made of silk, by which their opponents may attempt to grab them in order to lift them up or slide them out of the ring. While we could go on for hours about the various little intricacies of sumo, we do have a lot of characters to cover and not much time to do so, so for now let's learn a little bit about the show we'll be covering tonight. 
As per A&N's descriptions, a small new student Ushio Hinomaru appears before the weak little sumo club of Odachi High School. The words big and heavy are rules to the sport, which does not fit this newbie one bit. But Ushio surprises everyone. Ushio and the small sumo club climbs its way to the top with a goal to reach the highest rank, Hinoshita Kaisan. Hinoshita Kaisan. In other words, it's another story about a scrawny underdog with a lot of raw talent fighting his way up the ranks to achieve the goal of best insert sports player here ever. So basically like every other sports anime, except the boys don't wear pants. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Yes. Lots of pantless boys. It's kind of like free, except more full contact. Free is not a sports anime. (laughs) Let's not have this discussion. And yet Death Parade is. But It is a sports anime. (laughs) All right. So before we waste any more time, let's go directly into our director and writer uh, directing this show is a Chris George, and as the ADR writer, we have Clayton Browning. Chris George has directed shows such as Pop Team Epic, Black Clover, and Hyoka. Clayton has written for shows such as Boogie Pop and Others, Concrete Revolution, and SSSS Gridman. So we didn't start off. Uh, let's see. Uh, Root, Roots, why don't you go first? Uh, sure. Chris George and Clayton Browning kind of had a little bit of a challenge on their hands because sumo wrestling is known in the U.S., but the intricacies are kind of lost on us. And uh, not to mention the manga is, like, only just recently became available in the U.S. for reference, so not a lot to go off of. One thing I really like about the scripts is they kind of go locker room, but not to the full extent of, like, a... I don't know what word I would use for it. Like, dude bro, I guess? Like, it's very, very heavily jockey, but not, you know, to the extent of it's a bunch of surfers learning how to do sumo wrestling kind of thing. And um, in terms of the general casting, I'm... Like, Funimation really kind of used the extent of their burly male actors for this show and it's a really nice variety i i like that aspect of it um all of the characters sounded distinct as well which considering the fact that a lot of their let's let's be real this is kind of a gonzo show so a lot of the character designs kind of blended together so i'm kind of glad there was a lot of distinction to each character's voice to make them a little easier to pick out among the crowd. So, in general, I I really like both of the uh, directions and scripts. And I actually kind of hope that Chris George does more sports anime coming up, because I think he did a really good job with this one. Alright. Uh, Locke, why don't you follow up with this? Uh, yeah. Probably gonna parrot a lot of what Root said. Um... It's it's really hard to be able to figure out like the right way to dub a sports anime that's a sport that we're not really particularly like knowledgeable of. So when so so when you have to dub this, it, it creates it does create a challenge, and I, I think they handled it very well. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything that stood out for me. Um, I. I 
I do appreciate how much passion was in each one of the performances. I think that's something that can be easy to, like, mess up in a dub, especially for a, a dub like this one. And for every single one of the, the actors, um, they really got, like, 120% out of each of them. Like, disregarding the quality of the performances themselves, even, even without that, like, there still was this passion and this, like, gravitas to... Like, how, how the characters acted when they were in the ring. And I think that's kind of half the battle for this sort of anime. Yeah, and, and you're juggling so many different characters that kind of, admittedly, kind of get lost in to one another. Like, you really have to be able to pick people who are distinctive from one another. And I think they did that fairly well. So, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. So. Uh, Gigi, what do you have to say? Wow. I kind of have the opposite viewpoints as everybody else. Because here's the thing. I know my boys and I've come to know Funimation's roster of male voice actors very well and pick out their distinct voices. Um, I thought a lot of them sounded the same, which was fine because I am all please alpha male bass voices come to me. Let's party all together, right? But at the same time, like when you get to the characters who maybe don't have names... Or the ones that have like four or five lines and then switch to somebody else. No idea who they were. And that could also be a good thing because I am pretty damn sure that Justin Briner and Cliff Chapin were in here somewhere. And I couldn't pick them out. I think I might have. I think they were in the very last tournament. But like the guys that I could easily distinguish i couldn't pick about let's not talk about one of them when we get to it because i definitely could not pick him out and i'm kicking myself for it um but this is like the token ranbu of all alpha male actors basically um and you can't throw girls in here to try and play off that they're voicing a sumo wrestler if there were some and i missed them shit good on you chris george because i couldn't find him at all and i'm specifically looking to pick out anybody who doesn't sound like in the right kind of timber zone i know that sounds kind of weird but uh you get me um right i thought he did very good at rounding up a very large ensemble cast i would really like to know how many boys were actually in this because i tried counting and then i gave up so i posted it on twitter and nobody decided to tell me um But here's the thing. I thought the girl performances really stood out. And maybe it's because I don't watch a lot of anime that these two actresses are in. But to me, he picked outstanding female voices to go along with the male ones. Um, As for the writing, uh, I don't think I've ever talked about Clayton Browning. Uh, But he translated it so I could understand what sumo was. I didn't really care what Sumo was, but by the end, I kind of cared. So that was good. Um, and I thought it was real dude broy, but I like dude broy, So it worked for me. Um, it's very hard to write for a sports anime because a lot of it is done in internal monologue, which maybe would make it a little bit easier for the actors because they could just say whatever they want without having to worry about lip flaps. But I've seen a lot of sports anime. Most of it's subtitles, so I know it's a rare occasion when one gets a dub, and I'm not going to take it for granted, and it was pretty solid all around. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Gigi, is that um, sumo is a very, very, very foreign sport 
over here in the States or, or anywhere outside Japan. And there's a lot of terminology that and a lot of terms that we simply don't understand because we're not familiar with it. Um, there are, there's so many like simple rules and regulations. It's not simply about two men pushing each other out of a ring. There's like all these different rules and regulations of how you can grab the belt, how you can, where you can grab them on the arms, how you exactly you can flip them and throw them. It's, it's, it's a laundry list of, of tiny rules and regulations. And to have to translate all of that for an American audience who is unfamiliar with the sport is a huge undertaking. And I do think that the writers did an extremely good job, uh, as far as their the whole dude bro thing, I think it fits here because as traditional and as um, even as old as sumo is, it's still very much a locker room kind of sport, you know, like football or wrestling. And so it, it fits in here better than in a place like Free, where it was just very jarring. Um, and as far as the ensemble concerned, there were a few casting choices i might have changed around um mainly when we get to our main cast but even so i think even if i wouldn't have cast that particular actor i still think all the actors did a very good job yeah i i don't think there was what i would call a bad performance out of the entire group and considering that this is pretty much almost funimation's entire male roster <laughs> Um, yeah, that's no undertaking. So I think that Chris and Clayton did a really good job with directing and writing. All right, now to move on to our first group of characters. There are a lot of characters in this show, and we are not going to cover nearly all of them. So we're just mainly going to cover uh, our main cast and crew and a few other relatively important characters. So our first group is going to be four of the national treasures. Now what the national treasures are, they are uh, sumo wrestlers in training who have won a, sp a particular match that has earned them a nickname. And they are sort of held in higher regards than, uh, than the other members. And so for our first member, we have Sosuke Kuze. He is from Aiga University High School. His national treasure name is Kusanagi no Surugi. His father is the former Yokozuna, and he serves as Ushio's sort of main rival. Next up, we have Mizuki Sada. He's from Ishigami High School. His national treasure name is Mikazuki Munichika. He is a bit of a aloof yet relaxed, which helps him dodge attacks, and he fights mainly using arm holds. We have Norihiro Sayanomi, Sainoyama, sorry. Norihiro Sainoyama, he is actually a professional sumo wrestler in the Shikibayami stable. He's a ninth-rate sekitori. He's very mellow yet very imposing, and he's known for flexible limbs and one-punch takedowns. And we all finally, we have Tanoji Shido who's from Totori Hakuro High School. His national treasure name is Dojigiri Yasusuna. He is currently the strongest and youngest Yokozuna in history, and his sister Saki is the manager of their sumo club. Now, playing Sosuke Kuze is Ian Sinclair, who you've heard in shows such as Golden Kamui, Legends of the Galactic Heroes, Dinoya Tessa, and Space Dandy. Playing Mizuki Sada, we have Alejandro Saab, who you've heard in Nanbaka, Akiba's Trip, and Hitori Jimei, My Hero. 
Norihiro Sayanomi, Sayanoyama, sorry, is played by Mr. J. Michael Tatum, who you've no doubt heard in Steins Gate, Black Butler, and Oron High School Host Club. And finally, Tenoji Shido is played by Damon Mills, who is also in Nanbaka, Hitorijime, My Hero, and is the backup voice of Greg of Chris Ayers for Dragon Ball Super. So, what did we think of these performances, starting with Roots? Alright, so I'm going to kind of take this in a different order than it was presented. Um, I'm going to start off with Mizuki Sada, played by Alejandro Saab. I was really impressed by this one, not going to lie. He doesn't... For the four National Treasures that we're covering today, his role in the show is probably the smallest... But I, I really like that he sort of infused the character with a bit of a kind of a playful boredom, if that makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's bored with just about every sumo wrestler he's fought until he ends up finally going up against Ushio in the climax of the first core. And one thing I really like about his character is, like... Toward the end of the show, he ends up mentoring the the sumo club to take down uh, another rival. And he, he actually shows a newfound maturity. And I, like, I really like the scenes he was in, particularly in the second half of the show. And in, in the matches he's put in, he's finally starts showing this intensity toward the end and it, it was just really nice and intimidating and I got goosebumps listening to it. Um, in terms of like the next ranked, I would probably put that um, Norihiro Sanayama, a.k.a. J. Michael Tatum. Uh, not a lot to his character because in the, in the big national tournament in the second core, he really doesn't end up going very far because his his team is actually eliminated kind of early if i recall correctly i i like that tatum played him pretty stoically pretty duty driven devoted to his team like there's there's really not much more to his character from that other than like scenes of him training in the stable in the um in the second quarter of the show, when Ushio is really getting serious with his training. But I I really... I like the serious Tatum voice. And it, it feels like we don't really hear that quite as often as we used to. So it, it was really refreshing to hear it again. Uh, Tenoji Shido, Damon Mills. I actually didn't hear... Damon Mills in the character until toward the end of the show. Like, that is... I know Damon Mills has very scary range, but that was... That was really something. That was, like, Yuri on Ice surprising. But, um, I thought he did a really good job with the sort of scary, bestial intensity of the character. And, like, the final fight with Ushio was just... Oh, yeah. Oh no, not not the final fight. Like, um, I I should probably clarify. It's the um, the individual tournament. I'm sorry. The the finals of the individual tournament between Ushio and Damon. 
And, you know, Ian Sinclair is Ian Sinclair. I, I really can't think of a bad performance he's put out. At least in recent years. He's very consistent in his role. He's... He's sort of this strong, silent type, and it's it's really good. And, like, toward the end of the show, his, like like with Damon Mills, his bestial potential is awakened, and, like, it, it feels like there's a roar to his voice. I, I really liked all four. Really good job, guys. Solid thumbs up. Okay, uh, Lack, you go next. Um, well, looking at uh, Sosuke Kuze... I don't know if maybe I just haven't been paying attention enough, but, like, I haven't heard Ian Sinclair play a stoic character for a very long time. So, m most of my experiences with uh, Ian Sinclair recently have been either him playing characters like Whis, <laughs> or, you know, in, like, uh, you know, in, in, like, Legend of Galactic Heroes, where he's playing a very normal guy. So, like... It's, it's interesting to hear him play such a stoic character, and um, I think he plays it very well, but, like, it, even though it was pretty obvious that it was him, like, you, you sort of, you sort of, like, uh, listen to it, and it just, it, it does create this interesting dissonance. You, you have to, <laughs> I'm trying to think of really how I want to put this, um... If, considering he was kind of the final boss of the whole series, like, it, it was interesting how kind of the lead-up to that, he, he was pretty much stoic the whole way through, and then you've got, finally, the intensity, and you learn that kind of his stoicism is part of his arc, and the fact that he's almost kind of apathetic to Sumo for most of the show, and, you know, versus, versus Ushio, who's very passionate about uh, Sumo. Which is pretty interesting. Uh, for Mizuki Seda, um, you know, it's Kagi being Kagi, basically. <laughs> uh, you can't you can't complain. He he gets cast in the roles he's good for, so <laughs> it's it's incredibly obvious that it's him. But he still did a great job. Uh, no Norihiro, um, Norihiro was just kind of there, <laughs> right. Uh, Norihiro didn't do much, so he didn't stand out for me, necessarily. I mean, when I heard him, I was like, oh, Tatum's playing him. Cool. But, at the same time, yeah, it was, it was, it was a Tatum performance. It's always gonna be a B-minus at worst. So. Um. Can't, can't say I've ever heard that description. A B-minus at worst. Yeah. But, um. And, and for, uh, Tenoji, like, if you can't identify an actor, that probably means it's Damon Mills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he was great. And, like, Damon is always great at, like, playing completely different characters than he did last time. And uh, Tenoji was no exception. Like, you've got this really fiery, like, kind of an asshole character. And Damon did a great job. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Okay. Uh, Gigi. Ah. <sighs> It's all going to go downhill from here, guys. Here we go. Just, just warning you. It's all going to go downhill from here. Let's just start. Just remember, with... the first three yellow marked rows are the splash zone. 
Why every time? Stay out of the splash zone. <sighs> I'm going home. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Let's talk about Ian Sinclair, my favorite subject. Yes, <laughs> please. Um. So okay. At first, I was like, "Ooh, it's Ian Sinclair being like very, very stoic," which I enjoy because. Like you guys have said, he doesn't play stoic very often. So you kind of have to hunt those down. Um, but after the whole series went by and we finally get to him fighting Ushio and he busts out that snake thing. Holy crap. I was like <laughs> getting goosebumps. I was like, yes, that there's where he is. There was such a nice change um, in the character and his and in his voice um, between that stoic part and that menace, that menacing part. There was one point where he fell out of character and it was like true Ian Sinclair. And I was like, all right, I don't care. It's Ian Sinclair. You can friggin' turn water into wine. I don't really care at this point. Just do you, you do you. But he was not my best boy. You're all shocked now. Mm -hmm. Alejandro sobbed my hot damn cinnamon roll. Um, I almost didn't recognize him here because I really wasn't paying attention. Like this whole part with him in it, I think I maybe skipped. This was the episode that I skipped. And then I got like his fight and I was like, oh, yeah, there he is. So that's cool. Um, I could tell he was having fun with this because this is not like the characters that he's normally typecast as. So he's mostly like he plays a lot of like cuter, like younger boys. So unless he was like big and burly and he was like kind of like very handsome so i was like yeah my cinnamon roll he's still a cinnamon roll but he's like a hot tough cinnamon roll instead of a hot damn cinnamon roll so we'll take it <laughs> j michael tatum was basically a sort of british sumo wrestler sounded very regal it was like you guys said tatum being tatum but my best boy out of this whole anime was freaking tenoji who I did not recognize as Damon Mills until the end when, he, again, he like, I don't know if it was out of character for a second, but it sounded more like Damon Mills. Like when he was standing in the hallway after he had lost and like button in like on the sidelines. And I was like, oh, OK, there he is. Yeah. But like, like that was. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. I was like, oh, there's Damon. Like in all, okay. in all honesty, for like most of the show, I assumed he was the guy with the big poopy hair that was covering his eyes. Because it sounded a little more like him. Oh. Like, I can never place the Damon characters, but now I associate him most with like the asshole because I watched Hitori Jimmy My Hero like about 1300 times. So that he was playing the asshole here was great because you all know I love assholes and his asshole in Hitori Jimmy My Hero was such a dick that I hated him but Tenoji was a good asshole plus he had baller eyeliner um so yes I liked him best when he was serious like that was when I liked Tenoji the best and I was like Tenoji you are my best boy god damn I can't believe it's Damon Mills and like so these he, were and like when he broke down at the end of the at the end of the fight when he lost. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. I know. He's so, he's such a wizard. He's so talented. Like, good job, honey. 
Like he is. Mm. So though like two out of all of my best boys were in that section. So like I said, yeah. <laughs> all uh, goes G- downhill from here. Gigi, you mentioned him wearing eyeliner and now I can't help but mention uh, Tanoji help but see Tanoji coming out of a hot topic. Oh my god, please somebody <laughs> fan art that. Make it happen with a hoodie. The with emo cat sumo. ears. Yes! Do oh it. Oh god, the, and the end of episode thing with his eyebrows. That was the best. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Tanoji so much. Yeah. Where he's just like, anyway. oh. <laughs> Wait, you guys thought I didn't have eyebrows? And he closes his eyes and they're just these thin lines. I love that. It was good. Sorry, Hardy, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. He has to draw them on with a pencil. Uh, yeah, um, I think these are all solid performances around. Uh, standouts for me would be Damon's Tenoji because I figured out who it was about halfway through. Uh, I kind of, because I've heard Damon some of his deeper, uh, deeper voices before at other shows. And so it took me a while to figure it out, but I did. Um, and yeah, it's just, if you can't, Usually, if you can't recognize the character's voice, it's probably Damon Mills. Just good, good mantra to play off of. But he was fun. He was big and scary and and uh, and intimidating. Um, another standout for me was Alejandro Saba's Mizuki Sada because, like you said, he really doesn't get cast in the, uh, these types of roles very often. Usually, he's very hyperactive and spastic and. And gets put into these these shows where he has to act goofy and silly. And, and Mizuki is not like that. He's very chill in general. Um, and so it, got, it was a nice refreshing take to hear Alejandro play someone who's just, just chill. Chillax for a moment. So that was really good. Um, for Norihiro, it's, it's Tatum being Tatum. It's just he's this big imposing guy. Uh, sort of a almost a teacher almost and um like you said even the worst tatum is still very very nice to listen to and with ian sinclair um i have heard him in quite a few stoic roles and i think at his best the moments where kuze sort of lets himself go he lets him he lets his true passion and anger out in the middle of a match that's when you can just hear this sort of visceral monster behind it. Um, I think I think someone uh, mentioned that you could hear like the snake come out of his voice. So yeah, that was it was very enjoyable. So and I, I get to make a joke that GJ likes against Sinclair Snake. So uh. <laughs> <sighs> what was the name of White Snake's third album? Sixth album. Sixth album. Slut. Slide it in. Thanks. <laughs> you can take your ponchos off now. We're done, fam. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our next set of characters, we have two of the old timers. These are a couple of old retired sumo teachers who, um, a couple of yokozunas, or one one yokozuna actually. Um, One's retired completely. The other is the founder of the Shikibayami Stable. We have Shunkai, a.k.a. Tokyo Ogawa. He's the Feast from the Nagato Stable. He's former Yokozuna and retired sumo wrestler. 
still pretty tall despite being over 70, and he loves to get drunk, play golf, and flirt with girls. And we also have Akio Shikibayami. He is the founder of his own stable. He's a former Sekiwake, Sekiwake known for his Yokozuna style, similar to Hinomaru, and he's also a former student of Shunkai. So, playing Shunkai, we have Mark Stoddard, who you've heard in such shows as Basilisk, Witchblade, and Case Closed. Yeah, I'm going real retro there. Um, and playing Akio Shikibayami, Shikibayama is Jeremy Inman, known for Dragon Ball Z, Jigashi Kashi, and Yuri on Ice. So, what did we think of these two old-timers? Roots, start us off. Yeah, now we're with the old dogs. This is my jam. Yeah, so let's start with um, Shunkai, played by uh, Mark Stoddard. Like, I really like Mark Stoddard's voice. Gonna be honest here. I, um, I really like the sort of... This character has a lot of nuance to him that's kind of surprising when you first encounter him. He at first acts like this really eccentric, almost Yoda-like teacher where he's trying to basically instill instruction into Ushio using very unconventional means. Basically, Roots, is it okay if I jump in? Oh, sure. Because um, you saying that, I got serious Gran Torino vibes off of him. Ooh. You you saying he's like he's like a Yoda type? Yeah. I got especially considering the whole food allegory thing that he was doing with Ushio. Yeah. Like it, it immediately made me think of Gran Torino. Like so. for for reference, um, every day of his training, he gives Ushio a 100 yen coin, and basically tells him to come back with a very impossible to make with 100 yen dish, and make it in a half an hour, or come back with it in a half an hour and the the whole training was basically to find a way around this restriction which he does by ordering takeout with the uh with the 100 yen coin taking it to a payphone eventually which like i i really like the sort of yeah this guy gets it kind of vibe that um that chunkai gives off after that and then he's just basically, from that point on, becomes just, I don't want to say the generic mentor, because, like, a generally good dude who's just giving Ushio all of this knowledge, and, like, I, I really like Mark Stoddard here. And Jeremy Inman as, um, as Akio, like, I kind of, he gives the character a bit of a odd shadiness that I uh, yeah you know what I'd use the word shadiness like it's it's not necessarily like he's doing bad things but just this like underworldy feeling to him like I I really like that he basically puts a lot of faith in Ushio and the um and the sumo club basically to just bring a bunch of famous old people he knows together to teach these guys some stuff. It, like, it's great. They're they're both really great mentor figures, and I think both actors did a really great job with them. Now, for... I'm gonna go with Akio first, because I don't have as much to say. Um, I, I think Jeremy Inman did a great job. Uh, Akio is a fun character. You know, he's, he's not the typical kind of adult character we get in Shonen. 
So it, it was it was fun to have him. Like he he's kind of you know he's kind of like a wheeler and dealer, but he's not like a pervert or anything like that. You know, so more more the per- pervert mentor we got from uh, Ogawa. Uh, but very briefly, it, it wasn't nearly like uh, it wasn't nearly like uh, uh, Roshi levels or anything like that. Um, of course, I may be mixing him up a little bit with uh, the character that Mike McFarlane played. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Akio was fun. He he was a good character, and Jeremy Amin did a great job. Something to talk about. So, something to notice of Agawa is when you have a character like that, you have to have somebody who breeds confidence. S- someone who always has always comes across like they know exactly what they're doing, and Stoddard really brought that. Like Stoddard really has one of those like like, um, impressionable voices that really makes you feel like he has the confidence and the know-how to do what he has to do. Um, I I just, I really just enjoyed how, like, how kind of intimidating he was, but at the same time, how, like, knowledgeable he felt. Uh, with, with Akio as a, as a mentor character, he wasn't so much the knowledgeable one so much as he was the guiding one. And Agawa was more the knowledgeable one. And, you know, we, we don't usually hear Stoddard have s- such a, a like, impactful role. A lot of the times he does not typically play, like, super important characters. Like, he, he has, but not very often, especially considering the fact that anime doesn't typically have older men as their lead characters so uh so that's kind of part of the issue um but he really made an impact i would say he's probably one of the most impactful performances in the show for me um do i think he was the best performance probably not but um i I think he did a great job i think they both did a great job so 10 out of 10, old dudes strike again. Really, I don't have a lot to say about them. They they were good in what they did. I seriously, when it comes to like the older characters and the actors that I don't know very well, they did a good job. I don't really have anything else to say other than that. Well, okay. Uh, the to be then. Um, yeah, I, I really agree with a lot of what you guys have said about Mark Stoddard as as Shunkai. He is very... Mark Stoddard always gives off this sort of ex-military sort of voice to me. And it doesn't always work with every character he plays, but when it comes to the old mentor, it really, uh, it really strikes a chord. Like, this is a type of character that he has done several times... And he's very, very good at it. And this time is no exception. Um, my favorite parts, though, is when Shunkai gets to act a little bit goofy. Sort of when he gives Ushio the runaround with his training. You can sort of hear the playfulness in his voice come out a little bit more. Which is always enjoyable. Uh, as far as Jeremy Inman as uh, Akio goes, he's just he's just a lot of fun. Just very, very goofy. And, and the best parts is when he actually just jumps into the ring himself just to play just to wrestle with his students yeah it's it's adds a bit of levity to his character and i think uh he inman brings that out really well so uh that's what i have to say 
Let's move on to our next couple of characters. It's time, we've talked about a lot of the boys so far, it's time to get to the girls. And these are our team managers for Odachi High School. Uh, first off, we have Reina Gojo. She is the student council president and the former Miss Daichi High beauty queen. She's Odachi High Sumo Club's vice president. She's kind of got a thing, a little bit obsessive over her brother. And she starts out hating sumo, but gradually grows to enjoy it. And also we have Chizuko Hori. She's the co-manager alongside Reina. She's slightly interested, highly interested in sumo, almost to the being obsessive. And her main, her main arc involves being rescued by Ushio at the start of the series, only for him to be mistaken as a pervert because he wore his mawashi belt on the train. <laughs> and my god, did I just read a spoiler, but okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, playing Reina Gojo, we have Jade Saxton, who you've heard in shows such as Fairy Tale, My Roommate is a Cat, and Michiko and Hachin. And playing Chizuko Hori, we have Felicia Angel, who you've heard in The Devil is a Part-Timer, Sinran Kagura, and Classroom of the Elite. Uh, Roots, what do you have to say about these two? Yeah, I, I honestly really like the fact that Jade Saxton kind of gave the character a kind of tsundere personality. Not necessarily, I mean, in a way, sort of directed at Ushio, but more more broadly toward the sport of sumo itself, which I thought was really hilarious. Just, I... It's not I really like I want loved, a sumo, Baka. <laughs> I just... It was really funny to me to see, like, a character sundari for a concept. Like, it, it was great. She she also gets a lot of really great emotional moments, particularly during the tournaments. So, there probably wasn't a moment where she was speaking that I didn't just either have a small smile on my face or kind of chuckle a little bit. So, and uh, Felicia Angel as um, Chizuko... I really liked her character arc in particular, where she kind of gains an interest in sumo because a sumo wrestler protected her from a pervert on a train. Like, everything she learned about sumo, she learned about after that fact. That was really great. And one thing I really appreciate about the show is it didn't really try to do a shipping war between the two of them and Ushio. The both of them stood out as their own distinct characters that weren't necessarily pining for the main character, but just wanted to see the sumo club grow for their own reasons. And that's that's really something I can appreciate. Uh, both Jade and Felicia did really great jobs with the characters. Solid thumbs up. Uh, Lack. Uh, well, I absolutely loved Arena, and I loved Jade Saxon's performance as Arena. I thought it was fantastic. I think it actually had quite a bit of nuance to it. Like, there were there were some moments, like, when she catches herself being too passionate, she kind of just, like, tosses it away, and I, I thought Jade sold that extremely well. Um, Felicia, Felicia, from what I've seen, usually tends to play very strong, like, confident characters. So, not that, um... Chizuko was, like, submissive or anything like that, but she was more quiet 
and it was interesting to see Felicia play a character like that, and I think she did a great job too. Um, I mean, obviously we saw more of Reyna than we did Chizuko, and I think Jade kind of did a great job of starting off as a really bratty, unlikable girl at the beginning, and slowly, like, you know, um, letting the character grow and be almost you know, being very lovable by the end of the show because you see her genuine, like, love for her brother and, you know, that his his passion and his, you know, his guilt, um, you know, kind of bleeds onto her and she starts to understand why he feels like he needs to do this. Now, here's what I said. <laughs> Are we okay with the little spoilers for stuff that didn't happen in the show but happens in the manga? There's a spoiler warning at the beginning of the episode. Okay. Um, well, it's funny uh, that Roots mentions a, uh, a love triangle because apparently later on, Ushio and Reina end up together. Oh. Yo! That Good for her. So that was really interesting to me. But um, to sum up my thoughts, they were both great. Uh, we just got to see more of Reina. And Jade, uh, she did a really good job. I would say she's probably my second favorite performance of the dub. So, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. All right, uh, Gigi. I really love these girls, both of them. It's hard to be only females in a cast full of testosterone. So I got to give them both props for really good performances because they made them both stand out to me and they weren't annoying. Personally, I loved Reina's brother complex. <laughs> like, I thought that was great. Well, the good thing is it never came off as creepy. No, it never did. Yeah, so that 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 helped the story a lot is that it never felt like they were going for like an Oni-chan kind of thing, you know, so. Yeah, they were playing it for laughs, but not to the level of being skeezy. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really well played and I liked that like with what Roots was saying, they both did like definitely show interest towards Ushio, but the writing made it like not really focus on that, which was good because the focus of the anime shouldn't have been on them chasing boys. It should have been on the sport. So they did it, but I really thought that these um, girls both did a great job like seriously they held their own and that's hard to do so get it girls alright uh, as far as Felicia Angel goes we don't really see that much of Chizuko until later on in the show um, and when she does she you can sign it's, 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 you can sort of watch her sort of climb out of her shell because she is very shy and very quiet and then as she grows more and more interested in sumo, you get to see her uh, sort of develop in front of us. And she's actually, well, well, both of the girls sort of develop an interest in the sport over, over the course of the series. She's the one who gets more into the technical aspects of it. She goes and learns all the rules and, and, uh, and, and figures out, all right, this is what they need to be focusing on in their training. This is what they need to do. And, and it's really fun to hear fully uh, Felicia's performance go from this really quiet bookworm to this sort of semi-excitable, um, uh, you know, uh, sumo addict, if, if that's the word. So, but let me put it to you. Let me say this. I did not 
recognize Jade Saxon as Reyna at first? I really didn't because... And, and that's saying something for me because I can almost always pick her out. This time, I had a hard time. I had to really, really listen in order to recognize her. That's just how much of an individual she plays Reyna as. And there's only one other performance I can say that applies to Jade, and that's Carla. Because no other character sounds like Carla that she has ever played. And in turn, no other character sounds like Reyna that Jade has ever played. And uh, and that's that's really saying something. So, yeah, both of these girls did a really good job. And, uh, yeah, they were really fun to listen to. All right. Uh, we've talked enough about the outside characters of the club. Let's get into the actual members of the Odachi High School Club. Uh, first up, we have the coach, who is Kiritito Suji. He is trained in the same dojo as Ushio in elementary school. He has the best technical skills in the entire team. Arguably, he's the best wrestler in the team. He acts as a substitute wrestler, but can only fight for 20 seconds at a time due to his extreme asthma. And next up, we have sort of the underdog, smallest member of the team, Kei Mitsuhashi. He is the weakest of the group. He joined the club in order to become strong because he doesn't have any sort of physical strengths he relies on feints variations and using his opponent's strengths against them and at the same time he never wins a goddamn fight <laughs> he really does not he does not not a single one even the one he was supposed to win got called out on a technicality and he still lost yeah. so playing kirihito suji we have adam gibbs who you have heard in shows such as parasite suritama and tokyo ghoul re Playing Kei Mitsuhashi, we have Stephen Fu, who you've heard in SSSS Gridman, Sugumomo, and Golden Kamui. So, who do we think of these two performances? Roots. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll start with uh, Kirihito Suji and Adam Gibbs. I really like that he gave the character like a very slow, cold, and calculating persona. I... I really like towards the end of the show where he actually commits to being a backup fighter for their roster when he actually, you know, takes everything off, puts on the belt, and just turns turns on beast mode and just gets stuff done. Like, that was, that was a really great adrenaline-pumping fight, especially since he had to do it over because of a technicality like that was that was really really great and you know the the whole kind of snarling bestial kind of thing that a lot of the the wrestlers kind of have to add to the character as they're fighting like i really liked hearing that out of adam gibbs because i am not used to hearing that from him even from something like parasite which is about the closest thing i would assume that you know you he's basically done as like a fighter type character so that was really great on him and like Stephen Fu the poor kid is like always just on the bench but I I like the sort of plucky fighter spirit he gives to um sorry uh to, to Kay. every time the poor kid should just 
walk away. He he doesn't because you know the sumo club needs him, and he just loses fight after fight. But he just keeps growing in determination, and you just you just want to root for him. And the and the one fight where he technically wins, like I was up on the edge of my seat toward the end when he actually managed to to flip the guy. Uh, just both of them were just so good, and I I'm kind of bummed that we're probably not going to get any more of this show because I want to see more interactions with them. So I want to see him win a fight. Yeah. Right. If that kid doesn't win a fight, I'm gonna riot. <laughs> just give him something. Like he can't be he can't be Glass Joe Sumo forever. Yeah. I just want at the end of the um, at the end of the manga, it just turns out he ends up becoming a yokozuna, and he's still just a scrawny kid. <laughs> just, just do it, Shonen Jump. Just, just make the kid a damn hero. But in terms of the performances, solid thumbs up all. Um, yeah, uh, Kirihito. I think it was honestly one of the most interesting characters in the show, and the fact that, you know, in spite of K being the smallest and weakest, K actually has like more stamina than Kirito, uh, Kirihito, I mean, and I don't know. Adam Gibbs really gave a strong performance uh, for Kirihito. Um, I, I guess I just like how. <laughs> How both calculating and conniving Kirihito could be. And I think Adam sold that very well. Um, for Kay, yeah, Stephen Fu really played it really well in, in the way that Kay is not intimidating at all. And that's how we should be played. Like, like, when you're surrounded by every other member of the team, like, even... Even the like the team managers are more intimidating than Kay, and they're not even like sumo wrestlers. <laughs> and that's what's really great. And watching the character grow and become stronger, literally like grow and become stronger. They even use the term gains, which I thought was funny. Um, watching the character grow, and in spite of the fact that he's a lot stronger and more capable now, like. He he's still got this like youthfulness to him that's really that's really nice and it, it gives the character a lot of personality, um, and I, you know to skip ahead a little bit I I think that's the best thing about the the main team is that they all have distinct personalities, like every one of them feels like different from a, the different from the other one and I think that's what made them all stand out and I think that's why Kirihito and K stand out really well too. And I think the performances complement that. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Gigi. So I've had to talk about Adam Gibbs a lot. <laughs> a lot. And I just got off talking about him as Ryoma in Love Stage, which is a completely different character than Kirihito. Now, I loved him in Love Stage. I've had other performances that Adam Gibbs have done where I just was not behind it like I did not like him in Diabolic Lovers more blood I know everyone is shocked no you're not because you know me um and I did not really care for him in Parasite but this 
this is like up with Ryoma top tier Adam Gibbs. Uh, Kirihito was my best boy until Denoji came in. So I was like, uh, yes, it was so good to hear him play a different type of character because he's always like the main guy and he's always either like super vanilla or like really off in some way. And here he was just like kind of off and it made him really good. But my favorite part of Kirihito was when he was doing the fighting and I was like, Oh my God, finally, like, please Adam Gibbs. Can you sound like this? And every anime ever you voice in for the rest of your life, please. I loved it a lot. Um, as for Stephen Fu as K, uh, I felt more emotion from his performance than from anyone else's. And I felt more emotion for this damn character than <laughs> any other character. I was like, can this little cinnamon roll please win something? Anything. Just let him win. Jesus Christ. And why they put him up against the biggest dude? Like, do they exactly. not get do they not get headshots beforehand? Like, can you not see, hey, this is the biggest dude. Let's put the tiniest dude against him and see what happens. Dumb. But uh yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I got a lot of emotion from his performance and you kind of have to, because otherwise, when you're playing the small kid, you can fall into a stereotype really easily. But that wasn't the case here, so I was really pleased with it. Yeah, as far as my thoughts go, I think both of them did a really good job uh, in their respective performances. Uh, one thing I do appreciate is when Adam Gibbs has to actually step up to the plate and wrestle, despite his condition. You can really tell that he loves the sport more than anyone else, but he simply can't do it. And it's, you can tell not only the tiredness in his voice after he fights, but sort of this, like, it's like a disappointment. Like, you know, I would give so much more if only I could. And, uh, and I think Adam really brings that out. Well, as far as Stephen Foo, I know K is just the scrawniest little thing, but he, puts his heart into it and even though he loses you can tell that he still has this never give up attitude and i think partly he's even more so than ushio he might be the heart of the entire team i mean there's a there's a few characters you could argue would be the heart of the team in fact but um but he's the one who everyone everyone looks up to as far as encouragement and 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 he's the little brother of the group and yeah i think stephen Fu plays it really well all right now moving on from our weakest fighter to two of our strongest fighters we have chirihiro kunisaki he is a former national wrestling champion He's aspiring mixed martial artist who joins the team after losing to Ushio. He relies on a lot of natural talent and he's capable of learning his opponent's moves. He fights mainly using throwings, throwing attack like the German suplex. And we also have Yuma Gojo. He is Reina's older brother. He's a former karate champion who turned to a delinquent. He bullied Ozuki until he was beaten by Ushio as now he's learning the error of his ways. And he fights mainly using hand strikes and slaps instead of throws. Excuse me. So playing Ch Ch Chihiro Kunisaki, we have Marcus Stimmick, who you've heard in shows such as Assassination Classroom, Ping Pong, and Token Ranbu Hanamaru. 
and playing Yuma Gojo is Brandon Potter, who you've heard in shows such as Gangsta, Black Cat, and Ace Attorney Season 2. So, Roots, what do we think? Alright. So, I, I'm like just really glad Marcus Stimmick is a major character in a show. Like, he just, he just has this very fun voice to him that just adds a bunch of pep and energy to the characters he plays. And, um, Chihiro is no different. And, like, I, I really like, I'm pretty sure it was like the last fight he has of the show where he, he's up against who it turns out to be his older brother who I should mention is played by Brian Massey which is which is one of those combinations that like like Marcus Stimmick and Brian Massey as brothers it's it's just a great combination that you just didn't think of until now but I I like that he's just He's just a fighter trying to use sumo to expand his repertoire, and then it turns out he really likes sumo. So, it's... His character arc is very simple, but, again, I just really appreciate the, the pep and energy that Marcus Stimmick gives to him. And, um, I also really like Brandon Potter as, like, the delinquent. Just because he does have a very tough guy aura to his voice. And I actually have to say that um, Yuma's story arc in the show is probably my favorite. Because he's basically the bully in the start of the show. He loses to Ushio, which causes him to decide to become a sumo wrestler. And he mixes karate into what he does... And just at the, toward the end of the first core, he has to go back to his dojo and beg for forgiveness so that he can be further trained in karate to help with his training in sumo. And that's just, like, I think that was one of the most emotional scenes of the show. And I really think Brandon Potter kind of, you know, nailed it. So, like... Overall, these two characters, they are probably my favorites of the of the Sumo Club, and I really like the actors I got for them and the performances we got. Thumbs up. All right, Lat. All right. Um, I, I want to make it clear. Uh, I like Marcus Stemic, and I don't really have a problem with him playing Jihiro. I just think his voice was a little too old um i think his performance was fine i just i i get that these are big muscular dudes and they have to have big booming voices but there were times when he sounded like a 40 year old man trying to sound like a teenager and it could get a little distracting is all i mean to be fair like just about everybody in this show is like first second year of high school yeah and they basically look like 30 year old men yeah 
sort of a JoJo situation. Exactly. But um, besides that, um, Yuma Gojo, Brandon Ponder's performance as him was fantastic. Um, I, I, I just like Gojo as a character. I think he's a great, he has a great arc. I think he is a fantastic way to handle like the bully, the redeemed bully character. Um, rarely do we get this much focus on a character like that too. Um, I would say Hiei is probably (laughs) the next best example I could think of. Um... And even then, well, maybe Kuwabara would be more accurate, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, they both did a great job, you know, in spite of the fact that I think that Marcus Stemmick's voice was a little, like, like, oddly placed for the character, he brought so much energy to Chihiro that I'm not, I'm not holding that really against him. I just think it was a strange choice when I first heard his voice in the in the dub. I was kind of like, "All right, this is a little weird," but by the end of the dub, it didn't really bother me anymore. Um, I would just say that if I really had a major complaint, I just think his voice was a little strange for the character. But that's about it. Besides that, I think they both gave really good performances, especially Brandon Potter as Yoma. Um, yeah, so. GG. See, I really liked Chihiro and I didn't like Yuma all that much. This is a personal preference, though. This has nothing to do with their acting or performances. Just, yeah, I did kind of feel that the, both of them were too old sounding, but I really didn't care because this show is all about alpha male based voices. Please give them all to me. So, that being said, I really liked. Marcus Ishihiro a lot um I just I thought he was funny and like Marcus is usually pretty funny when he does a character but I thought like this character was like especially funny um and he was super alpha which is like just what I needed I was like yes yes please um Yuma on the other hand I could not get into Yuma until the second half of the series when he became soft Yuma So like once Brandon Potter got more depth to his performance because the character got more depth, I think he did a much better, um, I think he did a much better job like emoting through him. Because I remember watching the first few episodes and I was just like, I am not feeling this at all. But as the series went on and as Yuma got more depth, his performance um was a little less jarring to me i don't know what it is there's like something something in his voice that makes me like get like that little tick you know but that's nothing against him and it's nothing against his performance that's just me personally something that isn't my cup of tea but they both did the very best they could and they were very alpha and it made me super happy I can kind of sort of agree with you on a few points there, Jeej, um, because I have a confession to make. While I like both of these actors and both of these performances, they're not my first choice for who would play these characters. Um, when I was originally watching the show and subbed, I kind of had, I forget who I predicted for them, but, uh, 
they certainly were not Marcus Dimmick and Brandon Potter. Um, I think I may have had one of them as Ian Sinclair at some point. Um, yes, Ian Sinclair would have been a great Chihiro. That's who I had him as, yeah. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would almost think Patrick Seitz might be good, too. I know he doesn't really do Texas stuff anymore. Yeah. Uh, no, Patrick would be a good Yuma, in my opinion. Mm. But but uh, regardless of my personal feelings about the casting, um, yeah, I have to agree. Marcus has a lot of energy. He's very fun. He's very funny to listen to. And uh, I think he plays, even though it's not my first choice, first choice for the voice of the character, I think he plays Jihiro really well. He gets his spirit down. Um, Brandon is a bit more controversial for me as far as Yuma goes. I, I like the performance and I like this actor. Uh, it just, it didn't feel at first like it matched with the face. Um, like something was off about it, like Gigi says. It it wasn't until like later on in like the second half of the show that they really sort of he really sort of fused better with you with Yuma's character. And, um, but yeah, as the show went on, it did get, it did get better to me to where it wasn't so out of place for me. So while I like both of these actors and both of these performances, they, they aren't my first choice for who I would choose to play. But then again, I'm not the casting director. So, but you know, who is a director of some sort is our team captain. Hey, can I just uh, moving for on one to second? yeah, because I um the the conversation we had earlier just reminded me of something absolutely hilarious from the show. Like I I think it was um it was when um, Ian's character was recalling his childhood, and he's just like, yeah, when I was in elementary school, and they're all just like still looking like thirty year old men. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Like <laughs> I I laughed so hard at that cuz it gave me like Cromarty High School vibes. It was yeah. it no, was it's beautiful. Like, it's like that one character from Baki the Grappler who's 15 years old yet looks like this 8 foot tall giant mountain man. Oh god, Baki the Grappler. Oh. Moving on to our team captain, we have Shinya Ozaki. He is the club leader and former sole member of Odachi High School Sumo Club. He is just as obsessed, if not more, with sumo as Ushio is. He possesses great mental fortitude and engages in many intense sparring matches with Ushio. He's also pretty much the biggest, sweetest cinnamon roll to ever exist. Fight me. So... Playing Shinya Ozaki is Tyson Reinhardt, who we've heard in shows such as Steins Gate, All Out, and Tsukigakire. So, Roots, what is our, your opinion of our captain? Yeah, I um, I really like the performance. I, I love that Tyson gave him such a sense of enthusiasm. But one thing I, I really appreciate that probably wouldn't... I don't know if you guys also noticed it like he didn't give him a stereotypical fat guy voice and that's right that's something i no, really like appreciate with the with the character because i um i don't think that was the case with the um with the japanese version either like it was a very respectable kind of 
it was husky, but it wasn't like the the guy who sits at his computer all day, just the uh, the big nasally kind of voice, or like I don't know, not necessarily nasally, but like either yeah, either heavily nasally or like mouth breather kind of kind of voice. I I really like the fact that Tyson didn't give that to him. And I like the arc he has, too. Which, I, I know I've said that about a lot of characters we've talked about today. But, that like, that's one of the big things that defines a sports anime. It's the, the individual character arcs for, like, everybody who's involved. And um, I really like that Shinya basically kept this club afloat for two years basically by himself just and even when the high school's dojo was taken over by um by yuma he basically just built his own ring in the um in the schoolyard and just did drills all day and that was also what attracted ushio to the school so like, it, it, was this, it was this great thing that he built this club with his two hands. And then, also, there was the the added tension to the show where he basically had to win this high school tournament or he would never compete again at this level. So everybody was... Everybody involved with the club was bound and determined to give this to him because he gave the club to them. And this... It was a really beautiful sense of camaraderie. I, uh, I, you can you can tell how much I'm gushing about this that I that I really liked it and Tyson just did a really great job. This may actually be my favorite performance of the show. Okay. So yeah. All right. Very solid. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Lack. What do you have to say? Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far as to say it's my favorite performance of the show, but I think it's a very strong performance. Um, Shinya is a great character, and I think Tyson Reinhardt uh, plays him very well. Um, you, you, you really do get the sense of his innocence through the performance, which is an important thing for a character like this. And you never, it never once comes across as false or like he's putting on a performance or anything like that. All of his kindness and all of that, like, likability really feels genuine, which is sometimes hard to get across in a performance. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you're playing a really likable character and, you know, sometimes you give a performance that makes it feel false. Um, that just happens sometimes. Sometimes people don't like a character, you know, even though, like, they're supposed to. But for Shinya, nothing really came across as as, um, you know, as fake or as simulated. Um, yeah, and Shinya had a great arc as a character. Um, uh, yeah, there's really not much to say. I mean, to go into the, you know, there's not much to say to go into the performance. I'd love to talk about the character more, but that's not really why we're here. Uh, (laughs) but, yeah, Tyson did a good job, and I, I think I think the, the performance is great the whole way through. So, Gigi! 
I thought Tyson brought a lot of emotion to this in something that definitely could have been a more stereotypical performance. I know that in sports anime, a lot of the times everybody's into like some kind of typecasting thing. Um, but I really liked that for for being a, for playing a character who had the stature that he did, I think that Tyson gave him a lot of agency and didn't play it off like the comic relief or like, poor, woe is me. Nobody likes me. Nobody likes my sumo club, you know. Oh, finally, people like my sumo club, but nobody... No, he played... Um, he played this character with a lot of confidence and I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, I have a feeling that if I were to have watched this in Japanese, I wouldn't have liked this character as much as I did. Probably because, I, I, I don't know, I just liked his performance and I felt that it kind of changed the way I looked at the character. Because normally I would have just like written him off and be like, okay, well, there he is. You know, he's the captain because he looks the most like a traditional sumo wrestler. But, you know, I thought it really had some depth in there. So I was very glad to hear it. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to mention that too, Gigi, how... Um, in this show's aesthetic, our main team does not look like sumo wrestlers uh, that we that we personally as Americans would imagine. When you, the the stereotypical sumo is always someone who is heavy set, who has uh, large um, large thick uh, stomach and legs and arms, and is usually usually they're 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 mislabeled as being fat. Let me say this. Sumo wrestlers are not fat. Sumo wrestlers are not fat at all. That is unformed muscle that you're looking at. Those men can pick up a bear if they wanted to. And uh, it as the one stereotypical, no, more typically, the one character who is more typically associated with the common sumo physique Um I did like how they didn't give him a fat person voice. I think it sort of sounded natural because Tyson is a bit of a heavy set himself. In fact, my first choice for this role was Chris George, but Tyson was my second. And so it sort of it sort of sounds a lot more natural with their delivery. There's nothing fake about it. They don't have to give him the stereotypical fat person voice. And um and yeah, I think that there's just this sweetness to this character, and yet there's a strength to this character. He's both very vulnerable, and yet he's very confident. And uh, even when he's down in the dumps, he's always got that drive to just never, never give up, even though he's up against the greatest obstacles. And so yeah, this Ozaki is probably my favorite character in the entire show, not gonna lie. And um, I think Tyson really, really brought out a very strong performance to it. So, moving on to our main character, our Yokozuna in training. We have the titular Hinomaru Ushio. He is a natural treasure known as Onimaru Kunitsuna. Kunitsuna. He's hot-headed, driven, has a never-give-up attitude. He's competing to become pro despite not fitting height requirements. In short, he's a shrimp. He has a tragic past and is fighting to become the Yokozuna in honor of his late mother, and for the most part, he's basically like a tiny gritty. <laughs> he is. Yeah. 
So playing our tiny gritty is Rico Fajardo, who we've heard in shows such as Garo the Animation, Heroic Legend of Arslan, and most recently is the newest, the, one of the top three in My Hero Academia. So, Roots, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so Hidamaru Ushio, as a character, has it, on the surface is like, very simplistic, very easy to understand, but there is actually a lot of complexity to what he does, why he does it, and um, Rico does a really good job of conveying that. I'm going to be honest, though, he wasn't necessarily my first pick when I had initially done predictions. I want to say... Let me guess. It Was it Clifford Chapin? No, in fact. Um, oh, really? I I think I had gone with, like, a um a Greg Ayers or a or a Damon Mills kind of voice to him when I had initially thought up my predictions, but um I'm really glad that it ended up being Rico because um I really did enjoy him in Garo the Animation and I've been really interested in where his career would take him from there because it was. More or less one of my first introductions to him, uh, Grimgar notwithstanding, but he gives Ushio a bit of a, a bit of a shrimpy but gruff kind of plucky energy. It's like, it's, it's really something to behold because it's like, Ushio's kind of like... Even in the Japanese, he had kind of a complexity to his voice, and it's it's great hearing Rico in the role because, like, in in recent months, he has proven himself to be kind of a voice acting chameleon. I mean, take a look at like Zombie Land Saga, where he's basically running off of Mamoru Miyano's performance and that was that was sure something but I that was a thing that happened <laughs> yep it was that was a wonderful thing that happened but um I'm I'm trying to think of like a landmark moment for Ushio as a character that I really like Rico's performance for and I think it was actually the the training in the middle of the show where he's um he's trying to figure out what Mark Stoddard wants from him and just him realizing in the end and he's just like oh yeah I did manage to I I managed to figure out your training and I got you the meal you wanted I just went over to the payphone and put the 100 yen coin in and ordered it you mind taking the tab? <laughs> Just... It wasn't sarcastic, but it was really playful, and that was just... That, to me, solidified Ushio as a character. So, Rico Fajardo did a really great job with him. Thumbs up. Black. Uh, well, it's rare that a main performance is actually my favorite, but I would genuinely say Rico Fajardo as Hinamaru Ushio is my favorite performance in the dub. 
Um, I just love the passion that he really gave to it. it. It honestly, this is kind of a weird way to describe it, but it reminded me a lot of Natsu in Fairy Tale. Oh yeah, I could definitely hear it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like there was a little habercorn in there, I felt, especially when he was yelling. Um, but we're, but honestly, yeah, I just I really like the way he played it. I think the voice fit extremely well. Um, I think he he really played. Ushio like a likable guy like again it never came off as false or anything like that and I just um anytime that he had to really like, bring it he brought it like 120 percent like when he was in the middle of, of a fight he would just like be he would be selling you on the passion that Ushio had to win and and how he felt um and when he wasn't he was extremely friendly and it was it was a lot of fun like He's a character that you really grow to care about. Like, you want to see him succeed. Like, and Rico just did such a good job of selling that. Um, I'm trying to think of one moment that really stood out. I would probably say the final, uh, the final fight against, uh, Kuze. Honestly, I think was his crowning moment because it really does kind of, like, amount to everything that this show has worked for. Like, these characters have worked for. And the the moment that he sort of, like, comes to the resolve that... It, I think when he's trying to, like... like um, The scene in the locker room is when he's trying to, like, uh, uh, rev up his team. You know, he's kind of like, you know, yeah, I want to be the one who, you know, becomes... You know, the, the one who becomes one of the national treasures. But, uh, you know, but he's like, but us winning, you know... That's your dream. That's that's all our dreams. I don't want you to give up on that. And I think that's one of his crowning moments in the series. And yeah, I think he definitely led the show really well. So, mm. Gigi, what do you have to say? I like when I heard Rico Fardo was playing him. I was a little confused. <laughs> like I was like, really, really. Okay, we're going to give this a shot. So to me, this performance was one step below Mage from Dance with Devils in like, oh, wow. the, in like the gravel department. Because remember, when I watched Dance with Devils, I said Mage smoked 20 packs of cigarettes a day. And I felt the same here, except like slightly, like maybe 10 packs of cigarettes. <laughs> like I got it. But at the same time, and this has nothing to do with Rico, the main character of a sports anime will never be my favorite character because they're the same character in every sports anime. Somebody has to go around and they have to be the best or the champion or the Yokozuna and they do it with the power of friendship and they have, you know, a talent that's latent inside them that maybe they haven't used in a long time or they're just bringing back or something to that effect. So like no matter how good the vocal performance is, it's always the same old story to me. And so, I mean, I didn't really like Ushio. And it didn't really help that he's the most off-model character throughout this entire anime. Like, there are episodes where he, like, looks like he just ate 20 pizzas. <laughs> and then the next scene, he'll be back to being muscular but skinny. Like, just watch. Like, if you guys haven't watched all of Hunamaro Sumo yet... Pay attention to what Ushio looks like because he like literally looks like fucking grimace at points. Like it is just it's really bad. Like the his character 
design gets all sorts of wonky. Um, but that being said, um, I don't know. I like I liked Rico's performance. It's not my favorite Rico performance, but I really like Rico in general. So, you know, he did everything that he could with this character, which included a lot of yelling attack names, which are hard to do. And that gravel man, I just I feel for him. Like, I hope he didn't like injure his voice at all doing it because that that's hard. It's hard to stick the gravel in and keep it consistent. And he did. He played Usho very consistent throughout the whole anime. Um, just, you know, his performance was great. I didn't like the character personally, but that has nothing to do with this. He did absolutely everything he could to make Ushio a likable character. So good on him. And Mage is still the great. Thank you, Rap and Rico. <laughs> if he if Ushio would have rapped, oh, ten out of ten. Well, we need I to still convince need to see rapping Rico. Oh my god, you need to see Rappin' Rico. It is the best. It is not Rapping Rico. It is Rapin' Rico. Trademark. Get it right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With the apostrophe after the end. Yes. Uh, so, basically, here's my thought. When I was watching this first in the sub, I was making predictions, as I want to do. And, you know, who do we know who plays angry little people? Who... What better to get an angry little person to play an angry little person? Bakugo. Yeah, Clifford Chapin. <laughs> that was my first choice. Uh, but um... Angry little person? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. I apologize for nothing. Uh... Hey, I've got beef with Kyle Phillips. I might as well have beef with Cliff as well. Oh, Christ. Hardy, stop being on everybody's shit list. <laughs> but anyways, no. Um, one thing I really like about Rico is that I've met him in person, and one thing that is undeniable, he has got this crazy amount of energy as a person. Like, if you go to his panels, it's it's hard for him to even just sit down. He's always moving. He's always got this, this vibrant energy to him. And it, it makes sense casting him as someone like Ushio, who's got a lot of pent-up energy um, behind them, who's hot-headed, who's driven, who never gives up, no matter the cost. And uh, and yeah, um, he wasn't my first choice, but I think that performance-wise, he did an excellent job. And what else can I say that hasn't already been said? There were times to where his voice did seem a bit deep, for this really short statured character. Um, but I think he makes up for it with the ferocity and just the, uh, the, the just, you know, again, the energy. I think that he definitely captures Ushio's energy so naturally. And that's the best compliment I can give. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now that we've covered all the characters, do we have any final thoughts on the English dub or just Hinomaru Sumo in general? Uh, Roots, why don't you start us off? Yeah. Um, honestly, I was kind of hyped for the show going into it, but I didn't expect to like it as much as I did going through all 24 episodes. I mean, let's be real. It's a gonzo show, so the animation is going to be like hit or miss. 
but like just the vibe it gives off, the energy it gives off, it's just like it's, it ends up being a really good sports anime with a really good heart behind it. And I really appreciate that the dub kind of latches onto that heart and kind of works with it and you know polishes some of the some of the blemishes of the of the animation away i actually do really want to go back and revisit the show in japanese just just to get a sense of where everything is and this is actually a show i would without a shadow of a doubt recommend to people who are fans of sports anime in general Sumo's kind of a, a weird thing in that, like, a lot of Americans don't really understand how it works. And just, you know, there's this stereotype of, of just, like, a bunch of fat guys slapping at each other. And I I like how this show actually goes into the meat and bones of how these men train for this. And it's very much a a thing that they have to wrap their lives around so if you're it's not just a sport it's a lifestyle right because i mean these these guys have to eat like 10 15 000 calories a day and basically train that off so it like the regimens are insane but i would definitely recommend the show to anybody who you know, may even just have a passing intro, uh, a passing curiosity in sports anime in general. So, everybody involved did a great job. Voices were all distinct enough that I could tell everybody apart. And, like, for a large ensemble cast, that is basically the bare minimum I asked for. And Hinamaru Sumo knocked that out. Not to mention, there were very great, solid performances all around. So, definitely a great job all around. I definitely cannot wait for this to come out on home video. All right, Lack. Um, yeah, to kind of follow up on that, because um, I don't really see this getting a second season, honestly. I, if they come back to it a few years later with a different studio, I would love to see the entire cast come back. Um, with with the same production team, uh, I think it's a very strong dub. I think everybody has a lot of passion behind it. Which, when you make a sports, uh, when you make a dub for a sports anime, you have to have that passion, or else it's just not worth it. Because part of the fun of shonen esque like sports anime is the you know is is the excitement is the selling you on the drama and, and how over the top everything is. And yeah, I, I think everybody did a great job of that. I think the main cast was super strong. I think the extras were were good to great. And um, yeah, hopefully maybe down the line we'll get an anime that I guess is a little closer to the manga because I was told this one didn't follow the manga very well or cut a lot out. Um, you know, it's a little closer to the manga and just maybe a better animation budget, but all of the voice actors, I think were great choices. So yeah. Gigi, final thoughts. Uh, before I say anything about the dub, 
I just want to tell you, guys, I watch a lot of sports anime. If you're looking for Fujo bait, this is not for you. Um, yeah. this, act- this actually focuses more on the sport than any sports anime I've seen in a long while, which to me was a detriment because I watch sports anime for character development and like how much they can get me into actually caring about the sport. Um, but this anime had horrible pacing. Like you, you saying that a lot of stuff was cut out from the manga. You can tell there was one point where I thought Funimation had screwed up the episode numbers because it literally goes from them training and saying, hey, we're going to the inter high to the inter high being almost fucking over. And I was like, where's the middle? Like, wh- where, where's the middle? All of a sudden, I've got Tenoji fighting Ushio. Like, what the hell is going? What did I miss? No, that was how it went. So I was just like, what in the holy hell just happened to this anime? Um, the animation's really bad characters go off model all the time um it so if you're looking for a sports anime to watch because you love sports anime like at least in the way that i do this isn't for you all of that the the bad nasty stuff being said uh the dub is fantastic and i'm always in the camp that sports anime needs a dub because so much action should be going on on screen that you shouldn't have the time to read subtitles and sports anime they talk a lot a lot of internal monologuing yes it's a lot of internal monologuing which can get really boring if you're not interested in the performances or you're not interested in the characters but the dub kept me engaged in this i could tell you if i were watching this subtitled i would have shut it off after like really early on like before the second core even started which is a shame because the second core is the best part of the anime um like i just there are some anime and i'm gonna give you my favorite which is yo mushi pedal which is at over 100 episodes right now where you could watch these damn guys riding bikes for 100 episodes and you don't get bored but like this one a lot of time passed through it and i i got bored that's not to say that the dub is bad because the dub is good. Like, I really like the dub for All Out. This is another sports anime that's more up my alley. Um, and I think this is just as good as the dub for All Out. So um, if you want to watch something, you know, and get to learn su- sumo and hear some really good performances from a lot of alpha male based voiced actors. Yes, please watch this. And Damon Mills's Tenoji fucking killed it. But show show wasn't my favorite sports anime I've ever seen. But the dub is great. So big props to everybody who worked on it. You turned a mediocre sports show into one that I would watch a second season for. So that's good. And for my final thoughts, uh, I'm sort of not... I didn't love it as much as Roots did. I didn't dislike it as much as Gigi did. But at the same time, I'm all for manly brooding anime and this was this was a good a good selection um because we don't get a lot of like pure manime anymore you know it's we have seen a few more titles come out here and there such as garo vanishing line and and more recently the new baki on netflix um but when they do come out it's it's always a treat enjoying them 
because I like, I'm from the old school. I like my Fist of North Star. I like my Galgo 13. I like my Cobra the Animation, that sort of thing. And if a sports anime can get my blood pumping like this one, like all the fights and the, and the matches in this one did, then it's doing something good. And so even if the animation isn't so great, even if the pacing's kind of off, uh, I still found it very, very enjoyable. Not my favorite sports anime, nor my favorite manime of all time. But for a half, uh, half a year long show, I enjoyed my tenure with it. Uh, I don't know if I'll pick it up on home video, but all in all, I was pleased with it. And as far as the dub is concerned, while I did have some issues with a little bit of the casting, I think every, every performance was done well and every actor sounded good and distinct, and I would not say that there was a bad performance in the entire lot. So kudos to Chris George for putting together another solid English dub. And on that note, if you would like to watch Hinomaru Sumo, let me ask you this. Was it, uh, it was one of the Crunchyroll splits, right? Yeah. Right. If you would like to watch the dub of Hinomaru Sumo, it is up on Funimation now. Um, if you want to watch it in subbed, it is on Crunchyroll. It's one of those split shows. Uh, if for any reason you would like to follow us here at Dub Talk, uh, you can follow us on our Twitter at Dub Talk Podcast. You can also follow us on our, we have Instagram, um, coffee, and, uh, what else do we have roots? Remind me. Tumblr. Uh, yeah, yeah we, I'm no good at outros. Yeah, we have the we have the Twitter, the the Twitch account. Twitch. Uh, we have a coffee. What do we use the Twitch for? Um, occasionally. Sometimes we, we do, play Jackbox. Yeah, basically, Jackbox every now and again. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'm not good at these long outros. So, anyways, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Spaceman. We'll just put the links in the we'll just put the links in the video below. Right. Just screw it. We'll do it live. Uh, <laughs> If you want to, to follow play me, us out, can... what does it mean to yeah. play us out? No. Right. <laughs> if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Spaceman Hardy. You can also find me over at the Funimation forums and the Discord. Uh, Roots, what about you? Um, basically, at the moment, you can find me on Twitter at Roots of Justice, where I I mainly just retweet cute animal pics, sometimes talk fandom stuff. It's a good time. You should come give me a follow, chat a little bit. We'll have fun. And um, I should note that I'm actually in the process of scripting some solo stuff out. I don't know if I'll use my my personal YouTube account for what I have planned, or if I'll talk to everybody and see if they're cool with me putting it up on the on the Dub Talk YouTube. But stay tuned for that. It's actually coming. Oh, very interesting. <gasps> Lack where we can find where can we find you? Uh, well, most of the stuff that you need to know about me, you can find on Twitter. Uh, I'm finally back to making uh, videos again. Um, I, I still am doing anime reviews, but I've also got some other types of videos planned out. Uh, I also helped make a video game. I was at a game jam earlier this year, and uh, the very talented people, much more talented than I, are still currently working on it. I just helped out with scripting the narrative, and uh, hopefully it should be out within a couple months at least. Uh, it's a visual novel. It's a science fiction visual novel. It's kind of an Atome game. Um, Yo. <laughs> uh, and uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, you can find my own Twitch. 
Watcher Lack, that's what it's under. Um, I'm right now doing The Witcher 2. I don't know when this is coming out. I doubt I'll beat The Witcher 2 by the time this comes out, but even still, um, probably after that I'm going to do The Witcher 3. But yeah, that's about it. I've got my own Kofi, and I've got a Patreon that I'm not really using because I'm not, I don't feel I'm big enough to use it yet, but <laughs> I just made it so that I didn't have to pay for whatever Patreon was doing. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. Uh, just YouTube, like the watcher and Twitter, like the watcher, and you should be able to find everything you need to know about me. Cool. Cool. GG. You can find me on YouTube, on Twitch and on Twitter at anime Palooza, where I talk about anime boys and, uh, play Udapri shining live a lot and basically yell for Camus to please step on me. God, please step on me. Come, you sama. I also these have days. <laughs> I also have another podcast I do called the Shoujo Trash Showdown. We post once a month on my YouTube channel where we go more in detail to all the trash that I love. And uh, starting soon, I'll have my own solo podcast, which I haven't announced yet. So I guess I'll keep it a secret for now. Oh, my. I know. And uh, that's me. Come follow me. We'll play. It'll be a good time. Right. Sorry for all the sappy tweets I've been posting lately. That's not my fault. Anyways, on behalf of Dub Talk, this is Spaceman Hardy. Thank you for listening. And otaku on, my friends. Spirit. Good game. Love your faces. <laughs> Still can't eat my buffet.